0: Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different styles, the different grape varieties, and the history and culture associated with wine. I first fell in love with fortified wine in a sherry bar in Madrid. It was a dark, atmospheric place, with old men serving us glasses of sherry from large old oak casks, with a cat perched on top of the barrels, looking down at us meanly, ready to pounce onto the bar. And there were chalk marks next to us to show how uh, much sherry we'd been drinking. And it made me fall in love with sherry, in particular. Because previous to that, I'd always associated sherry with sweet sherry that my great aunt drank at Christmas and put in a Christmas trifle. It was that drink that was on the shelf all year round, but only came out at Christmas. And that, of course, is a common perception which people still hold today. But that experience in the sherry bar made me realise that sherry was much more interesting, much more... um, varied than i had been led to expect because i would try the different styles fino the manzanilla the montillado the oloroso straight from these large barrels and i was fascinated by the different colours the different aromas and so since then i've always been in love with, with fortified wine as i explored the different styles not just sherry So when I took my WSET Diploma, my last exam was the Unix 6th exam, which was the Fortified Wine exam. And that's an exam I approached with a great deal of pleasure and a great deal of joy as I explored in depth all the different styles of fortified wine. It just suited my natural interests. It's probably one of the few exams I've looked forward to with so much pleasure. And so these um, episodes for my podcast are going to be focused towards the WSET Diploma Unit 6 exam, looking at the different styles of fortified wine, the different regions, the history, and why these wines are so particular and so different, how they're made is very important with fortified wine. So we'll be looking at sherry, and then port, then Madeira, and then concluding with Du Naturel and Glen Muscat, perhaps less famous styles of fortified wine, but ones with still lots of history and lots of quality. So the basic question is, what is a fortified wine? And the answer is quite obvious. It's a wine that has been fortified with a high alcohol spirit. But that fortification is integral to the style of fortified wine, and it changes the the nature of the wine in many different ways. So first of all, what is the spirit that is being used to fortify the wine? Well, it varies from region to region, but it's usually a, a grape spirit, so in effect a brandy, but it's always very high alcohol, so it's neutral. So when you taste a brandy, say a cognac, that's 40% alcohol. has lots of flavour, lots of aromas. But when you get alcohol, which is much, much higher than that, the alcohol has killed the esters in the, um, in the wine, so there doesn't actually taste of anything except fire, because it will burn your mouth. So, for example, Madeira uses a spirit which is 95% in alcohol, so it's completely neutral and doesn't affect the taste of the wine in any way whatsoever. Port is a little bit different. The spirit is 78% alcohol, so though it still doesn't taste of anything, there's a fieriness to it, and when you taste a young port, you will actually have that fiery spiciness which comes from the um, high alcohol. So the So the choice of the spirit is extremely important, and port is another good example of this because the spirit used to be given to the producers by the government, the the producers themselves couldn't source their own spirit, and it was quite low quality, and the quality of port suffered. In the 1990s that changed, and producers could source their own spirit, and the general overall quality of port has improved um, in a great deal. So the choice of spirit is important, but also when the wine is fortified is important. For port, Van Du Naturel and Rutherglen Muscat, the fortification takes place during the fermentation. And this is when the level of alcohol is around 6-8%, to depending on the style of wine or the region. And the wine is fortified, in the case of Rutherglen Muscat and Van Du Naturel, it's about 17-18% to alcohol. In the case of Port, it's fortified to 20% alcohol. So that level of alcohol is again affecting the style of the wine. Because the fortification is taking place during fermentation, that high level of alcohol kills off the yeast within the wine, and that stops the fermentation. And that means there's still lots of sugar left in the wine because the fermentation is not complete. So this means that Port and Du Naturel and Rutherglen Muscat are very sweet wines because there is so much residual sugar. In Madeira, there are different styles of wine, which we'll look at when we look at um, Madeira in more detail. But these styles, in part, come from when the wine is fortified. So Circial is a dried, off-dry wine because the fortification takes place towards the end of fermentation whereas Malmsey is a very sweet wine because the fortification takes place early on during fermentation so you can really affect the the sweetness and the style of the wine by when you fortify sherry is quite a contrast because the the fortification takes place at the end of fermentation so sherry with one example is a with one exception is a naturally dry wine but what but the level of fortification affects the style of the wine. So for example, a Fino and a Manzanilla are fortified to 15% alcohol, which makes them the lowest of all uh, fortified wines in terms of alcohol. And this really affects the style, as we'll discuss in more detail, because it allows the floor to develop on top of the wine. So we'll discuss that in more detail in a future episode. Whereas an amontillado starts life as a pheno and then is refortified to 17.5% alcohol to kill the floor, and that allows oxidative ageing, which is why an amontillado has that amber colour. While an oloroso is fortified straight away to around about 20% alcohol, which prevents any floor forming at all. And that's why an oloroso has that dark colour, because it's exposed to oxygen all the way through. And that's one thing about a uh, Fortification it it allows oxidative aromas because it won't the wine will not go off because the alcohol is protecting the wine. What happens is that you just, you um, develop nutty aromas. Whereas if you were to do this with a wine that had 14% alcohol, it would just turn into vinegar. So again, the alcohol from the fortification is very important to the aging of these wines. How the wines age depends on the style. Uh, most ports are bottled quite young and so the ageing takes place in the bottle, whereas sherry is aged in the barrel. And so port can often be aged for quite a long time in the bottle, whereas sherry is uh, bottled ready to drink because all the ageing has taken place within the bottle. So let's look at the history of fortified wine. Why on earth do people add high alcohol spirit to a wine? And the answer is basically trade and war. If we look at sherry, that developed from the English raiding Cadiz in 1587 with Sir Francis Drake in charge of the raid and he brought back millions of litres of wine from Spain as kind of the spoils of war. And he made drinking Spanish wine a patriotic duty for the people in England as a celebration of this great victory over Spain. Once uh, relations settled between England and Spain, Spanish wine, particularly from Andalusia, continued to be very popular. But to get the wines from Andalusia to England by ship in barrel was difficult. The wines would go off. They would not be stable. And so brandy was added to the wines, in essence, fortifying them. And this, over time, became the tradition, the practice. Even when it was possible to bottle the wines and to ship them in stable bottles, they would still be fortified because that was the style of wine people were used to. Likewise with port, this arose from an embargo on French wine. And, of course, the English love French wine but they couldn't have any, so they needed something to replace it, and so they looked towards Portugal. And so the wines would be shipped from Portugal in barrel, because uh, bottling wasn't possible in those days, and the wines would be in danger of uh, spoiling, so brandy would be added. And again, this became the common practice, and um, became a more sophisticated as people learnt more about how to do it. And so port uh, became extremely popular in England, because the style, the, the taste of the English is has traditionally or historically been towards high-alcohol wines, because it's a cold country, and so that warming essence of a fortified wine is extremely popular. While we look at Madeira, that's a subtropical island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and Madeira is one of the few, if not the only, example of European colonisation where no one was killed, because Madeira was simply an island covered in trees, and that's why the Portuguese called it Madeira, from the Portuguese for wood. And so they removed those trees and planted all sorts of different crops and fruits and vines. And this would be the last port of call for ships going towards the Americas. And so they would load their um, their ships with the crops and the fruit and the wine from the island to sustain them and also to sell once they reached the Americas. The wine they got from Madeira would again be fortified with brandy to preserve it for the long six-week journey across the Atlantic Ocean. What would also happen is that the barrels were put on top of, on the deck of the ships to be used as ballast so that things wouldn't blow away. That meant that the wines would be heated by the sun, which they were exposed to on the decks of the ship. Once the wines reached um, the Americas, they had... A, That would have developed what we now call madderized aromas, which are aromas of dried fruits and cooked fruits and stewed fruits and baked fruits. So it's basically a wine that's been cooked. Normally that would be a very bad thing, but because the wines had been fortified with that high alcohol spirit, that brandy was protecting the wines from this cooking um, conditions. And so the wines became extremely popular in the Americas. And indeed, George Washington uh, drank a pint of Madeira every day, and the Declaration of Independence was toasted with a glass of Madeira, so very popular in the US. And so these wines have developed because of these historical trends, because of trade and because of war, and the wines continue to be very popular. In the 19th century, in the 1860s in the UK, about 70% of all wine drunk in the country was fortified wine, about 40% sherry and 30% port. So Really, really popular wines, uh, but they've had their ups and downs. And unfortunately, in the last 30 years, the wines have really gone into decline, and people drink far less of them mainly because of the high alcohol that's gone out of fashion uh, for health concerns, as much as anything. Maybe because people actually drink more than they used to, they can't drink 20% alcohol wines, so they need to kind of lower the alcohol to enable the, them to consume more. What This means, though, although it's been bad for the fortified wine industry across the the world, it's also been good in some ways, because although quantity has gone down and it's been difficult to make money for those uh, big volume producers, quality has risen greatly in the last 20 years in all the different regions of um, fortified wine production. And so we can see, for example, with sherry, the 1970s, very popular with that dark, sweet style, the Bristol's cream sherry, for example. No one really drinks that anymore, but the quality of sherry available is very high, and there's been no better time to be a sherry drinker. So though not that many people may drink sherry anymore. Those that do, the wine connoisseurs, the enthusiasts, people in restaurants, etc., really know that we're getting the really high-quality stuff. It's just the case of can we persuade more people to drink the high-quality sherry, the high-quality port, the high-quality Madeira, and uh, Rutherglen Muscat and Van Naturel as well. So that's the future of these fortified wine drinks. It's, it's definitely going to be small volume, but it's going to be high-quality. It's just a case of whether these styles of wine will survive. Will there be enough people to drink them? So that's an overview of Fortified Wine, uh, what it is and why it is. Um, For the next episodes, we'll be looking at sherry and going into the different um, styles of sherry, the history and why sherry tastes like it does and why the different styles taste differently. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.